Hey, welcome in. Welcome into the Teal Shirt Report episode show number four, season number three. And a lot going on. I mean, the season ends. The Jaguars incredibly kicked the Colts up and down the field. And the Jaguars, you know, won that game, I mean, big time, you know, over the Colts. Big day for Trevor Lawrence, completing eight. Uh, his first eight passes of the game. I mean, eight for eight on his first eight passes and finished off the uh, first drive in the first quarter uh, with a touchdown pass. And it was an, an incredible win, a great uh, touchdown pass in the second half to Marvin Jones Jr. too that's being compared to some of the best and biggest throws of all time, even though it was a regular season game. It was not a playoff game, of course, but it was compared to some, I mean, really big-time throws. And apparently, uh, Trevor really got his confidence, got comfortable in the final game, you know, obviously against the, uh, almost called them the Baltimore Colts, the Indianapolis Colts. It's been a while since they've been in Baltimore, right? Moved to Indy, gosh, it's been years ago, 80s, mid-80s, was it 84 maybe? The Colts... Uh, you know, the Robert Ursay landed the helicopter in the Gator Bowl in Jacksonville back around 79, 1979, 1980, right around there. And that was kind of the beginning of, uh, I think, I think 1979, cold fever. Robert Ursay, the old man, who has long passed on, but his son runs the team now. But, man, the, the Jaguars are kind of tied to this this Colts team in the same division. A um, lot of stuff going on. I mean, uh, that was a big win for the Jaguars, 26 to 11. The Jaguars basically kicked them up and down the field. Um, Trevor, a lot of people feel that that may have been Trevor's, you know, best game of the year. Um, I mean, Trevor, uh, you know, did well through some uh, two touchdown passes in the game. He was, um, had a really good quarterback rating, 118.5. Let's see, Trevor Lawrence was 23 of 32, 71% passing, 223 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. When you start a game with eight consecutive completions, man, it looks like it's going to be your day, and it, it turned out to be um, the Jaguars' day. They basically kicked the Colts all over the field. And, you know, when the Jags do something good, hey, I'm ready to talk about it. The Jacksonville Jaguars 26, the Indianapolis Colts 11. Uh, the Jaguars finishing, um, you know, not so not so good season. I mean, 3-14, I heard uh, Shaquille Griffin, the uh, Jaguars free agent cornerback who completed his first year with the Jaguars. I believe he's on a four-year contract. I'm glad he's coming back. He's a good player. And I don't think he particularly had his – good a first season with the Jaguars as he envisioned even uh, personally or individually. And he's looking forward to working out in the off season. I think this last win really uh, allowed the Jaguars players, particularly the players that are going to be coming back next year as the team continues to uh, build. Uh, I, I really, I really believe that, uh, this win, this win was very, very important. Again, the Jacksonville Jaguars 26, the Indianapolis Colts 11. 
So big day for Trevor Lawrence. A couple of touchdown passes in the game. I guess the first one was um, to uh, Laquan Treadwell. Uh, second touchdown pass was to uh, Marvin Jones. And the Jags had a pretty good day. Raquel Armstead, originally drafted by the Jaguars, was re-signed uh, by the Jaguars after the Giants uh, let him go. Marvin Jones had seven receptions, 88 yards, and a touchdown catch. That's more like it with the stats coming from him. Uh, LaVisca Chenault, five receptions, 62 yards in this game. He did have one drop down near the end zone. Laquan Treadwell, uh, three catches, 24 yards, big touchdown catch in the first quarter. Even Jacob Hollister, playing some tight end, had uh, three receptions uh, for a paltry 14 yards, but at least he was catching the ball and hanging on to it. And so that's some of the stats from the Jaguars-Colts game. Jacksonville Jaguars 26, the Indianapolis Colts 11. Here as we do episode show uh, number four, episode number four, season number three of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We're brought to you by Anchor.fm, simplest and easiest way to make a podcast with great creation tools. Also, I'm going to be having lunch um, in the next few days with Larry Saucer with Saucer Realty and Capital for your real estate needs. Hey, remember Saucer Realty for home, residential, business, commercial, real estate needs. Uh, make sure you check with Saucer Realty first uh, right here in North Florida. And uh, you go to our uh, website, bigjreport.com. Scroll the homepage to the North Florida 24-7 weather information. About halfway through the weather, you'll find the link for Saucerility. Also want to thank LakeUfallahits.com. Great internet radio where it's all good. They have Rock Saturdays, Hits 2000s, Monday through Friday nights. Deep Cuts, that's right, Deep Cuts, uh, unique songs, um, deep tracks uh, late at night as well. So they're giving you a variety of stuff, but very most of the day, very recognizable songs, but late at night, you may, you'll hear some things that you'll say, man, that sounds really good. I haven't heard that in a long time, or maybe I've never heard that, but uh, get a musical education with LakeUfallHits.com. LakeUfallHits.com, where it's all good. Don't forget about the Mad Max mix, Wednesday nights, Wednesday nights with Mad Max. Um, it's a music request show, Wednesday night music request show. MadMaxMix.Weebly.com, or simply go to our website. I've been working on a new article. We've been working on a new article about Mad Max and the Mad Max Mix. Uh, go to the outside the box section on our website at BigJReport.com. I'm writing a little bit of an article because there's different states that listen to Max now. You know, he basically can be listened to, you know, anywhere across the United States, anywhere across the world, just like the Teal Shirt Report podcast. So Wednesday nights, uh, mark your calendar for the Mad Max Mix and go to BigJReport.com to our Neighbors 2 section to find the link for the Mad Max Mix or go to the Outside the Box section for a little article on Max and the show. Max is also a Georgia Bulldog football fan, so I know he's excited about Georgia winning the national championship over Alabama. I guess Alabama's still the SEC champions because they won the SEC title game. And, you know, I have my, uh, you know, I have my opinions about who should be in the playoffs. And, you know, to me, it's kind of difficult to have one team winning the, 
the Southeastern Conference Championship and, and, and another team from the same conference winning the national title. But the SEC is just tremendously strong. And the SEC had, a, had another great season, very competitive. Um, with, without a doubt, Alabama and Georgia were the top two teams. Um, Alabama kicked, I think, four field goals. They just kicked too many field goals and needed more touchdowns. I think Georgia got, like, what, 20 points in the fourth quarter. I'm watching the game, you know, and I didn't really tune in until the third quarter, and I'm looking at this thing. Man, it's a 9-6 to six game in the third quarter. But there were fireworks late in the third quarter, especially in the fourth quarter. And, I mean, Georgia ended up putting 33 points on the board. About midway through the third quarter, the game's like 9-6. to six. So when you look at it, Georgia actually put, you know, about the last quarter and a half of the game from, you know, mid-third quarter through the fourth quarter. I mean, Georgia put some points on the board. That would have been, what, about uh, – 27 points they put on the scoreboard in the last quarter and a half of that game. Georgia had a big fourth quarter to, to win the football game. Georgia 33 and Alabama 18. So Georgia wins the national championship. Georgia 33, Alabama 18, the final score. Matt Max, our Georgia Bulldog football insider. He also hosts the, uh, the Mad Max Mix, the Wednesday night music request show that can be heard by simply going to madmaxmix.weebly.com. What I do, I usually go to the bigjreport.com, go to the Neighbors 2 section, find a link on there. There's like two links for the Mad Max Mix. There's also links for lakeufallahits.com too. Uh, we got a nice article about Mad Max and his show in the uh, outside the box um, section on bigjreport.com as well. So we want to thank our sponsors, Anchor.fm. Saucer Realty for your North Florida real estate needs, whether it's home, residential, business, or commercial real estate. Great internet radio by going to lakeufallahits.com, where it's all good. And check out the Mad Max Mix, Wednesday nights. That's right, Wednesday nights. And also go to bigjreport.com, find a link, find the link for the Mad Max Mix in our Neighbors 2 section or even the Outside the Box section as well for the Mad Max Mix Wednesday night music request show. We'll have more of the Teal Shirt Report podcast coming up. Man, it's always great to talk about a win. Jaguars win 26-11 to 11 over the Colts. And that was back on Sunday. That was last Sunday back on January the 9th in the season. It actually knocked the Colts out of the playoffs. They ended the playoffs. Colts ended up 9-8. and eight. Jaguars ended up a very disappointing 3-14, and 14, but the last game of the season tasted so sweet. This uh, coach's situation, this coaching situation for the head coach, you know, now we, 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 we're kind of getting, getting an inkling that maybe Trent Baalke is going to be the GM still because he's doing the mass majority or really all of these interviews, including a guy I think he likes, Bill O'Brien, who's the Alabama offensive coordinator, and, hey, he caught some flack um, after the national championship game himself. He's a former head coach at Penn State, the Houston Texans. He's been the offensive coordinator at Alabama uh, most recently in this year. He's one of the candidates, but, you know, there's other candidates too. And every time, every time we've talked about the candidates, I usually miss a guy. 
I'm hearing through the grapevine the last day or two that uh, Brian Leftwich, the offensive coordinator with Tampa Bay, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that uh, it looks like maybe his stock is rising to possibly be the next head coach of the Jaguars. We'll see. Some people tell me that Brian Byron may be the flavor of the month, and, and I would have to agree with that in some instance. I think he's still developing as an offensive coordinator. But there's a little – it's a big difference on running the entire team, and that's what Byron Leftwich would be asked to do. Uh, Bill O'Brien, who's been a head coach before, he's the offensive coordinator at Alabama now. But uh, when you're asked to run the team – and you've never been a head coach before. Well, that you know that certainly can create a situation. Um, all of a sudden, it was uh, was last night, I guess, on Twitter that Byron Leftwich name kept popping up more prominently. I always had the feeling that Byron would stay at Tampa Bay, and once Bruce Arians retired, that Byron Leftwich could probably become the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think the same thing is true up in New England um, with, with, of course, uh, Josh McDaniels. So I think those are similar situations, although Josh McDaniels has a good bit more experience um, than Byron Leftwich. But Byron, he was with Bruce Arians in Arizona. Um, I think he started, I think actually uh, Byron Leftwich started coaching, and we'll have to take a look at his um, – you know, his resume, but I think he was at Pittsburgh before Arizona. That's just me thinking out loud. Um, he's been with Bruce Arians at Arizona, now at Tampa Bay. So he's got some experience as an offensive coordinator. So it most likely is Byron's chance or opportunity, but there's other guys too. I mean, this is not in any particular order, but this is kind of what I've been hearing uh, the last few days. I mean, Doug Peterson may be the number one guy. Byron Leftwich could be up to two, Bill O'Brien three, because the GM likes Bill O'Brien. Nathaniel Hackett, the Green Bay offensive coordinator, may be fourth. Jim Codwell fifth, Todd Bowles sixth, the defensive coordinator from Tampa Bay. Brian Dabal, still way back there as a long shot, maybe seventh. And Eric Bieniemy way back at number eight. I don't even think the Jags have interviewed Bieniemy this year. They, they interviewed him last year before they hired Urban Meyer. But those are just eight names I'll throw out there. But what's interesting now is this, and let me mention these names again. Number one, I got Doug Peterson, but not necessarily in this order. Doug Peterson, number one, and it seems like this order can change from moment to moment, day to day. Doug Peterson, number one, maybe Byron Leftwich as high as number two, Bill O'Brien, number three. Nathaniel Hackett, the Green Bay offensive coordinator who used to be the Jaguars offensive coordinator under Doug Marone a couple of years ago. Did a good job coaching uh, Bortles, Brother Bortles, and got as much as he could out of Brother Bortles, I believe. Nathaniel Hackett, fourth on our list, the Green Bay offensive coordinator. And I will tell you this, I like Nathaniel Hackett. I don't think he's going to get the job, but I like him. I know he would really like to be here. He would like being here. There's no doubt. Nathaniel Hackett, fourth on our list. Jim Conwell, fifth. Todd Bowles, sixth. Uh, Todd Bowles has been a head coach before, but he got fired by the Jets, and he's a really good defensive coordinator uh, with uh, Tampa Bay now, and he's been defensive coordinator. He's, he's been, he was with uh, Bruce Arians in Arizona as well. And then he got the job with the Jets, 
you know, he was with the Jets a couple of years and got fired. And now he's back with Todd Bowles in Tampa. Brian Dabble, I think you still got to keep Dabble on the list. He's done a good job with uh, the Bills um, quarterback there in Buffalo. Brian Dabble at number seven. I don't think he's interviewed this year, but I believe he interviewed last year. Same thing with Eric Bieniemy, like eighth on our list, the Kansas City offensive coordinator. Now I kind of had I kind of had uh, Bieniemy about fourth on my list last year. Got him eighth this year, but he's not really. To my knowledge, he's not interviewed with the Jags. I could be wrong. The Jags have interviewed a lot of people and are interviewing Bill O'Brien and uh, Nathaniel Hackett this week. And I think that's kind of, we're kind of getting toward the end of the interviews. So we may know something on the head coach at any moment or later this week. The problem herein now is you got a lot of candidates, but listen to this. Right now there's about what? And I'm just, I believe it's about five or six other NFL head coaching openings across the league. I think it's actually seven total. Um, The Jaguars opening and then about five or six other openings out there. Um, Again, plus there's about five or six other NFL head coaching openings across the league. So it looks like musical head coaches. Where will they land? Who will the Jags hire? Some of the other... uh, you know, some of the other jobs are considered, quote unquote, by the national media to be better jobs. But the Jaguars job features the number one pick in the 2022 draft, a quarterback named Trevor Lawrence, a team coming off a big win in their final game. And I think the Jags have an opportunity to win certainly more than three games next year and to build something. I'm st- my, my goal is still a Super Bowl appearance for the Jaguars sometime in the next, uh, I'd say, three to five years. So who's going to be the head coach of that? Hey, we're going to find out soon. You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Thank you for listening. Duval, Duval, right? Duval. We sit here, head coaching opening could be filled, you know, later this week or at any time. Anytime we hear from Sean Conn, Trent Balk, he's still the GM and he's in on all the interviews. Um, you know, Jim Harbaugh was my number one choice last year, but he decided to stay at Michigan. Now, you know, probably Jim has an out clause. You know, at the end of the season now, he was a Big Ten champion at Michigan this year, lost in the final four of college football, but made the playoffs uh, this year before bowing out to Georgia, who eventually won the college football national championship 33-18 over Alabama. Rumor has it, uh, there were some rumors floating around after the Dolphins uh, fired Brian Flores that uh, the Dolphins were going to try to hire Jim Harbaugh. I think you as JC would say, I think they pumped the brakes on that. I think Jim Harbaugh could land at a couple of places, but probably not Miami now. It's looking more like the Chicago Bears, where he used to play. He was a player with the Bears. And there's been a big rumor about the uh, Las Vegas Raiders for Jim Harbaugh. Can you imagine Jim Harbaugh in Vegas with the Raiders? But Or maybe he stays at Michigan. 
But there's been some hot and heavy rumors the last few days that Jim Harbaugh may be wanting to finally make that move back to the NFL after being very successful and ultra-successful with the San Francisco 49ers before he he really got into it with Trent Baalke. And, and um, you know, he basically – I think Trent Baalke kind of ran him off. Um, you know, Jim Harbaugh was ultra-successful at San Francisco. He left. About the same time Jim left, some of the players uh, left or retired. And um, so we, we certainly know that if Trent Baalke's a GM with the uh, Jaguars, there's really nil to any, any kind of chance that Jim Harbaugh would come to Jacksonville. And we mentioned this at nauseum last year when Trent Baalke became the acting or interim GM. Then he was made the permanent GM. And it looks like info kind of leaked out uh, that the Jags were going to hire a new coach, but looks like the GM may stay in place. We talked a little bit earlier in this podcast about some of the candidates. I think I might have missed one or two, but, you know, we talked about Doug Peterson, Byron Lefwich, um, you know, some of the other possible candidates, uh, Jim Codwell. Jim Codwell, though, hasn't coached in three, almost four years, I think. Um, but these are viable candidates. Um, Jim Codwell's been a head coach. Um, Doug Peterson's been a head coach and won a Super Bowl with the Philadelphia Eagles. Byron Leftwich played in Jacksonville. He's been an offensive coordinator um, for a number of years now for, um, you know, Bruce Arians in Tampa Bay and before that, uh, at Arizona, so Brian, uh, Byron left, which I always want to call him uh, uh, Byron, By, uh, Brian, but it's Byron left, which so he's a candidate. He's a top five candidate in this, this coaching search, I believe. Maybe a top three, maybe a top five. Maybe he gets a job. So Byron left, which is a hot candidate, and he's been mentioned the last day or two on Twitter is maybe having the best chance of getting the job now, but that the coach that they say has the best chance of getting the job, that seems to change almost every day or two. I know Bill O'Brien was a guy that, hey, he's got the best chance of getting the Jags job because general manager Trent Bonk, he wants him. But I will say this. I think that the way I'm looking at it is uh, Trent Baalke probably had to say yes to most of Urban Meyer's draft picks in the April 2021 draft. And I'm thinking general manager Trent Baalke might be having to say yes to whoever Shad Khan wants to be the coach. They're going to talk about it. It's going to be a, an effort between, you know, the GM, Shad Khan, maybe even Shad's son, Tony. Hard to say what's going to happen. I mean, Trent Baalke's the football guy. He's not liked by everybody. He's not liked by Jim Harbaugh. A lot of the fans wanted uh, – Trent Baalke fired his GM, but it looks like he's staying at least for now and maybe for longer than now. So we'll see what happens uh, uh, with that. Going to check in with Alex Nunnery. Alex has a report on um, a recent JU basketball game, the uh, Atlantic Sun, the first Atlantic Sun conference um, game of the college basketball season. JU with a last minute uh, basket of three pointer to beat Florida Gulf Coast. Let's now join the one, the only Alex Nunnery. The JU Mighty Dolphins victorious once again, ladies and gentlemen. The Dolphins defeated Florida Gulf Coast 69 to 66. Kevion Nolan, a shooting guard from Aniston, 
Alabama with a game-winning three-pointer for the JU Dolphins with points seven seconds left on the clock. Nolan swished a three-pointer from about half court. A very clutch shot and make for Kevion Nolan. That's Coach Jordan Mincy's first ever win in conference play. The Dolphins host Stetson to Hey, Alex Nunnery. Thank you for that, uh, that report. J.U. with, uh, I mean, really a big win. Um, Three-point shot that was back on, what, Saturday? That was back on Saturday, uh, January the 8th. A uh, big win for uh, uh, Coach uh, Jordan Mincy, and that was his first conference game as he's the new coach of the J.U. Dolphins men's basketball team. 69-66, as you heard Alex report. And that game was played at Swisher Gym here in Jacksonville as uh, J.U. 69, Florida Gulf Coast University 66. On Tuesday night, last night, January the 11th, as we record this podcast, Actually, that was a couple of nights ago, right? This is Thursday now. This is uh, Thursday, January the 13th, as we record this podcast back on Tuesday night, January the 11th. JU with their second straight Atlantic Sun Conference basketball victory. JU 57, Stetson 50. And, um, hey, the JU Dolphins, two conference wins in a row to start a Sun play. The Florida Gators, on the other hand, have lost to Alabama. And also lost to Auburn. And uh, I was also going to check on how the Gators did against LSU in college basketball. Let's take a look at that because I believe they played uh, uh, last night. LSU knocked off Florida. Yep. Florida falls to 9-6. and six. I believe they're 0-3 in SEC play now. LSU 15-1 and one overall. It was LSU 64. The Florida Gators 58. That game was played. Actually, yesterday on uh, Wednesday, January the 12th. So that's some of the latest college basketball for JU and Florida. JU and Florida going in separate directions. Florida's lost three conference games to start the year. JU has won two conference games to start their conference season in the Atlantic Sun Conference. Florida is still a respectable 9-6, and six, but they're not getting it done in the conference. They've lost to Alabama, Auburn, and LSU. Florida not liking the SEC, uh, certainly not liking the SEC uh, Western Division, even though in basketball they don't really divide them up into two divisions, I don't believe. But those are SEC West teams. So Florida's lost to Alabama, Auburn, and LSU. Tough stretch for, for Coach Mike White and his Florida Gators. JU 2-0 in the Atlantic Sun Conference. Uh, uh, J.U. defeating Florida Gulf Coast University, and now they've defeated the Stetson Hatters uh, this past week. So J.U. and uh, their new coach, Jordan Mincy, 2-0 in uh, men's college basketball in the Atlantic Sun Conference. Hey, that's going to wrap it up uh, for this podcast. Doing a quick podcast today. On our next podcast, we will check North Florida Entertainment. I do have to give you a quick mention of uh, the Hockey All-Star game before we go. Uh, East Coast Hockey League is having their all-star hockey game, and I believe it's a Jacksonville Iceman playing the rest of the league, the ECHL All-Stars. The Jacksonville Iceman are the host uh, team for the East Coast Hockey League all-star game. Um, 
um, the game is uh, coming up. Let me double check the date and time and all that. I, I, you know, I think there's still a few tickets left for that, but that's a big event. I mean, that is a tremendous event uh, uh, here in Jacksonville, Florida. And um, tremendous event. Oh, this morning it got kind of cool on this uh, Thursday morning, January the 13th. We got down to 49 degrees here in Jacksonville. Uh, looks like it's going to be a beautiful day, though. Um, a lot of stuff, uh, going on, uh, going to pull up the information about, uh, you know, the hockey coming up. I, I did see the, uh, Shaquille Griffin, uh, the cornerback of the Jacksonville Jaguars, Shaquille Griffin, very nice press conference, uh, he had within the last 24 hours or so talking about the season. It was a difficult season. Really. He was really happy about the last game and looks forward to really working out in the off season. He said, he said any of the players can come to his house and work out if they like in the offseason. That's what uh, Jaguars cornerback Shaquille Griffin uh, said in the uh, press conference. As far as the hockey goes, let me see. Okay, here we go. The East Coast Hockey League All-Star Classic is starting with a bang. As the Stanley Cup comes to FanFest on January the 16th here in Jacksonville, you'll get to see the Stanley Cup and come back on – Let's see. Come back on Monday night, January the 17th for the All-Star game as the Icemen face off against the East Coast Hockey League All-Stars. This is a big event for the Vice Star Veterans Memorial Arena and the Jacksonville Icemen, uh, certainly the um, the host East Coast Hockey League uh, team. And the Icemen doing really, really well uh, here at the um, East Coast Hockey League All-Star break with 42 points, I believe tied with the Everblades at the top of the Eastern Conference. Going to be a great second half of the season, too, with your Jacksonville Iceman as well. That's going to do it for our podcast. I mean, I guess what I could do, because I always like to check the concerts. We can do that real quick before we wrap it up. This is a, you know, this is a very quick podcast today because we did want to, you know, kind of break in here middle of the week or toward the end of the week and tell you what's going on uh, with the Jaguars uh, coaching search. Again, we want to thank our sponsors, uh, Anchor.fm, simplest and easiest way to make a podcast with all those great creation tools uh, from Anchor, of course. Uh, Salsa Realty for your North Florida real estate needs. LakeUfallHits.com, a great internet radio where it's all good. The Mad Max Mix Wednesday nights at MadMaxMix.Weebly.com. Let's uh, take a look now. And, of course, you can find the link um, to Mad Max's show on our website at BigJReport.com as well take a look at some concerts really really quick as we're trying to wrap it up today for a quick podcast for a change right uh here's some shows coming up um let's see uh, casey and the sunshine band on saturday uh, january 22nd of 2022 at 7 30 p.m at the florida theater here in jacksonville florida rescheduled the alan parsons live project uh for thursday january the 27th of 2022 at 7.30 p.m. at the Florida Theater here in Jacksonville, Florida, the legendary Jose Feliciano, who had one of the most popular and has still one of the most popular Christmas songs, Feliz Navidad. He did a great version of Light My Fire. I still love that song. The legendary Jose Feliciano will be at the Ponte Vedra, at the Ponte Vedra Concert Hall in Ponte Vedra Beach, Florida, on Wednesday evening, February the 16th of 2022 at 8 o'clock p.m., and Elton John, last I heard, it's still on. Elton John, we've been talking about it for about a year and a half now. Elton John and the Goodbye Yellow Brick Road Farewell Tour coming to Jacksonville 
in 2022, this year. Um, and just a few weeks from now, on April the 23rd of 2022, at the Vistar Veterans Memorial Arena uh, here in Jacksonville, Florida. And that's a look at the concerts. Man, I didn't think we'd get to the concerts today on a short podcast, but we did. We got to the concerts, talked about the Iceman and the East Coast Hockey League All-Star Game coming up. And again, congratulations to Georgia. Mad Max, I know your Georgia Bulldogs won the national championship. I think JC's going to be giving us some reports on the uh, the national championship game, too, in the coming days. But it was uh, Georgia 33, Alabama 18 in the national championship game back on Monday night, January the 10th of the new year, 2022. Georgia was a two-and-a-half-point favorite in that game. Georgia won with a big fourth quarter. I think they had like 20 points in the fourth quarter. Georgia 33 at Alabama 18. Too many field goals for the Crimson Tide. I think they kicked four field goals. They needed some. They needed more touchdowns. Making field goals is good, but just not enough points to beat Georgia in the end. Georgia 33, Alabama 18 in the college football national championship game back on Monday night, January the 10th. That's going to do it. That's going to do it for this podcast, the Teal Shirt Report podcast. And you can come back in a few hours or, you know, in the next few minutes, and we'll probably have another podcast up. So we're, we're doing these uh, podcasts fast and furious. We try to do at least one to three or more uh, each week. You've been listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. I want to thank my uh, producers who I'm in constant contact with, you know, all the time. Um, Alex Nunnery, uh, one of our producers on the Teal Shirt Report podcast, and also uh, JC. He's an expert on Alabama football and the SEC West. And he's been talking about the um, the Jaguars coaching search, too. We'll have another podcast real soon. You've been listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast, episode show number four of season number three. My name is Scott, your humble host and servant of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Have a great day. We'll talk to you real soon. Hey, I'm out. Have a great day. Talk to you again soon.